Dynasty Football Network. That's Travis the Beard. Sorry, I didn't know you were going to do that so fast, dude. I have my <laughs> microphone muted. <laughs> uh, I'm John Hogan. <laughs> And this is super flexible. <laughs> There's your, your intro. <laughs> do you want to redo it or do you want to leave that in? <laughs> I'm John Hogue and this is... Wait a minute. I've got a third screen up here. Uh, who Who is this uh, mystery person? Is that... Could this be the return of the brain James Catullus? The brain is back, Woo! ladies and gentlemen. The brain is ready to roll. I know, I know, I've been away too long. You're all alone, I've Nice. Oh, so good to have the whole group back together. And we're going to talk about quarterbacks today. We're going to talk about the top 12 quarterbacks in fantasy for uh, 2017 and do some outlooks for 2018 but before we do that we've travis and i have been talking about giveaways and takeaways from the 2017 season so james we want to uh get some of yours i'm sure you had some juicy ones um while you were uh in the basement um just kind of stewing on some of this stuff so do you have any giveaways and takeaways for us you know, I do. I do. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to start with the takeaway that I had, and this is for the season kind of as a whole. And so it's kind of fun to kind of do this after, after the season has, uh, has finished here. But, uh, the running back resurgence overall to me is, is kind of something, uh, that I'm taking away from this. And really, if you look at, uh, the way the NFL had been trending, you know, it's a passing league, but obviously, you know, teams are going to adjust and I think teams are adjusting and with, some sloppy tackling that we've seen, um, a lot less practice time, a lot less practice time in pads. We're seeing that the running backs are having a resurgence here. There's a lot of good rookie running backs that came into the league, and this upcoming year there's another good class coming in. So I definitely think my takeaway is I'm not going to sleep on the young running backs as much as I have in the past. I like that one a lot personally. I, this to me, this kind of plays into a strategy that I've been talking about for. Uh, I mean, but since before Travis was born, uh, his beard <laughs> had been born, but I he had not. Yet. Are you talking about taking? <laughs> been talking about, you're talking about taking along. running backs really that, high. Uh, that you that you take the young running backs and that you load up on them because. Hmm, that doesn't you, sound right. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> do, or, or, do we disagree here, James? Am I am I uh, misstating this? No, I think I think it's kind of a combination of both. Really, I think taking the young running backs now and loading up on those young running backs uh, is definitely the way to go. But I also think that. You know, if you're in a dynasty and you're doing that, you have an opportunity to really, I mean, if you, you can hit on a bunch, because I think there's a bunch of really talented young running backs coming into the league this year. This running back class that's coming in, you know, this this upcoming year um, is, is just as talented as this last class, you know. So I really feel like if you load up on those, you definitely have a greater opportunity to hit. And you could hit on multiple young running backs that are going to be productive in fantasy. So, um, yeah, I think it's power in numbers, you know, the way John said. Grab a bunch of young guys now. and uh, But I also feel like you could end up with two or three top options at the position, you know, if you hit right. So, um, to me, it's a combination of both, you know, having, uh, having those top running backs to be able to build around. But, you know, grabbing them now while they're young and, you know, just, just grabbing a bunch of them and hoping that you hit on two or three. Yep. Okay, yeah, so we are on the same page. And just to get, get a little bit anecdotal about it for you, I uh, one of our listeners um, DMs me pretty, uh, pretty frequently on Twitter, and we talk about roster construction. He actually won his Shout Superflex out, Ryan. League. Uh, and <laughs> Ryan, the That's King right. Slayer. And uh, he's already looking for a repeat. And one of the things that we've been talking about, he won it with Todd Gurley, who, by the way, uh, my former co-host, Addison Hayes, 
um, another shout out. Man, we're just name dropping all over the place right now. But Addison <laughs> tweeted that the fact that Todd Gurley scored 25% of his fantasy points in week 15 and 16. 15 and 16, yeah. Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous. So awesome. Probably so not awesome. repeatable. Yeah, he was so good, and he won championships. And the mistake that a lot of people are going to make is they're going to hang on to Todd Gurley and expect that same thing to happen next year. Well, the thing that Ryan and I kind of talk, have been talking about is you move on from Gurley, you get even younger at running back. Todd Gurley is not an old running back, but you can get multiple running backs in return for Todd Gurley if you just have the intestinal fortitude to, to move him. So, and Ryan actually made that move. He traded Todd Gurley. He got back uh, Derrick Henry and several draft picks, and he's made several other moves where he got some some wide receivers, and it all started with Todd Gurley, and the whole thing just branched out to now he's got Allen Robinson and T.Y. Hilton and and the 1.01. This is the, the defending champion. He just moved up to 1.01. Um, on top of solidifying his receiving core and adding some uh, some running back depth. So that's that's just kind of, to me, that's, I think, what James is kind of saying here is, is there's strength in numbers, especially when it comes to these rookies, because, you know, the more of them you get, the better chance that you have of actually hitting with at least one of them. Wow! Yeah, absolutely, and that that uh, man. Todd, <laughs> I think Todd, I ha- Todd Gurley. Are, are you kidding, Todd Gurley? No, 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 no. One so I have a lot to that? say here. No, he made multiple <laughs> trades. Uh-oh. Okay, it started okay. with Todd. Yeah, moving so let's Todd be clear: Gurley. the one hundred and one trade did not involve Todd Gurley. Also, right, John. What I. <laughs> I un we I understand. Okay, we I will say brain. I understand selling Todd Gurley if you can get a freaking haul for him. Mm-hmm. But I'm not actively shopping him. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? His value because will never he be is higher. one of the best players in fantasy football right now. Is he better than David Johnson? He's pretty darn freaking close, dude. But is he better? He he's top three running backs. Yeah, so he jumped over David Johnson just by virtue of being healthy. I didn't say that. Mm, okay, so who do you have ranked ahead? Uh, who who's I don't have my rankings. Who do you have ranked? I'm pulling a I'm pulling a John here. I don't have my rankings up right now. <laughs> this is an easy. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Gurley, David Johnson. Who are you taking? Ah, uh, dude, it's really close. Honestly, honestly, I'd pr- mm-hmm. as a Arizona Cardinals fan, I would probably take Todd Gurley. Yeah, be- oh, man. because and, of the season and he it's just be- had him because no, he was healthy no, and David Johnson wasn't. No, because Carson Palmer and Bruce Arians just retired. And I think that oh, that man. offense is going to be pretty darn terrible. Or it has the chance at being at least. And we know with Todd Gurley, we know what situation he's in. We know he's locked in with Jared Goff and he's locked in with Sean McVay. and he's So we know what that offense is can be and we know that there's no reason to think that it's going to be any different next year than it was this year with the same coach the same quarterback the same running back so i think his situation is more stable than david johnson's situation is and this isn't the first time todd Gurley's done this his rookie year was prolific he was amazing Uh, he had six good games Right, but he started the year hurt. Yeah, and then so, he blew up. Right, and then he finished. He finished absolutely terribly. I can't believe I have to defend Todd Gurley right now. <laughs> this is crazy. Did you see the year that he well, just had? 
Let, let me ask you a question, though. Do you think that your answer would be the same if this podcast were to happen one year in the past? Do you think after no. Todd Gurley's second no, year? No, I wouldn't. No. So I, I guess my thing is, is that. But I take I, all, I, I take all data into consideration, and the most recent data is Todd Gurley is amazing. Well, yeah, but you would have thought that after his rookie year too, and then you would have gotten a disappointing sophomore slump. Sure. So I guess, I guess my, I guess my thing is though is that I would like to see some more consistency right. from Gurley. So, okay. And, and and you could still get it, but I'm just saying I I think. I think his value is to the point where I'd probably be selling. He too. was one of the most consistent players this year on a week to week basis, and and I, my whole point is what? What he, dude? He got twenty five percent of his fantasy points in two weeks. Okay, but he was he was that awesome. He was awesome all year. And so here, let me. You guys are crazy. I can't believe this is turning into this conversation right now. I did not know <laughs> that I'd have to be defending. The top freaking running back in the league, the number one running back in I the didn't league. Either. I didn't. I didn't know that you had it in you to uh, to actually go to bat for a, any running back. To be honest, you didn't know I had it in me to defend the number one overall running back. Yeah, I like I, like. I didn't think that you uh, that you would have the the patience to to fight this particular battle. I like. I mean, we've already talked so much about the variance from year to year and mm. sometimes even from week to week Todd Gurley's 23 yeah he yeah. okay listen he is listen this year this year one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve finishes out of 16 no out of 15 because he didn't play in week 17 out of 15 games, he finished in the top 12 running backs. Scratch that. Top nine running backs 12 times. 12 out of 15 games, he was in the top nine running backs. That is insane. Right. He had one of the best seasons. Yeah, but Travis, 2017 is over. Happy New Year, everybody, by the oh way. Oh, my God, dude. 2017. All right, so all of a sudden he's worthless. going to happen again. All of a sudden he's he's a hot potato and you got to ship him off because he's not going <laughs> to help not your worthless. team next year. That, that's the point. He's the opposite of worthless. He's worth a ton right now. Because You're going to sell him for Allen Robinson and T.Y. Hilton? Well, I mean, we both know that he got more than that out of I don't remember the trade specifically. Trade. I remember those got, were the two main pieces, right? Melvin Gordon, Allen Robinson. Yeah, I mean he 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 got a pretty good haul. Okay, and, and I'm a fine I'm he, fine with I'm fine with getting a really really good haul for him. Yeah. But if I'm if I don't need mm-hmm. like I don't I don't know, man. This is crazy. <laughs> I can't I can't believe this. I can't even. I got you. No, I I and Travis here. Yeah, I guess if if my roster looks really good, and he just you know, won the championship. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I have depth at receiver, and I have you know like yeah. My my team is set for the next you know few years. I'm probably not going to try to move Todd Gurley for a bunch of guys who now I have twelve different receivers, and I have to pick which four to start. So yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the roster, you know, your roster situation. But I would definitely maybe not seek trades for him, but I definitely still listen to offers because you never know who's going to blow you away because they just fell in love with this guy. Yeah, and knowing full well that it is not likely that Todd Gurley is going to repeat what he just did in 2017. Yeah, I guess I just just don't see why not. Only because running backs rarely... I mean... Outside of injury, what is what's changing? Like we know that his bad year was mm-hmm. Jeff Fisher. Yeah, but he had a good year under Jeff Fisher. He had a good six games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, his rookie year that was Jeff Fisher. I'm I'm not actively shopping Todd Gurley. I don't think there's a need to do that. I mean that's fair. Like I mean it's it's safe. To hang on to him. Like if I was updating my trade bait, he would not I would not check his box. <laughs> like yeah. there's no reason. You know what I mean? Like you why wouldn't? am I, I, I no. Man, I, no, I, I wouldn't. I, I'll put the my most valuable guys, I'm gonna put them out there 
I you know the I want to win again. To meet it or... I don't know. I want to win again, so I'm going to keep him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the deal with Todd Gurley. You're you're you can assume that you probably have a top five running back next year, yeah. but what I'm saying is I think you can also assume that you don't have the number one running back if you've got Todd Gurley. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. I mean, there there were people saying to sell Le'Veon Bell at, after last year. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah. that he was probably more of a sell after last year than Todd Gurley is after this year, and and those people would have been wrong. Yeah. What about? Mm-hmm. But again, back to David Johnson. He got hurt. He. Oh, but if you had sold him for multiple draft picks, you could have turned picks. him into into. Well, I mean, just just hypothetically, just saying draft picks. You could have turned David Johnson after the season that he had last year, which was also insanely Amazing. good. Yeah, you could have turned him into draft picks that would have got you, you know, Leonard Fournette and Alvin Kamara. Maybe you easily could have got two if- first round picks. Yeah, if you happen to trade for the 101 and the 107, and you happen to take Kamara at 107, I mean, you could have traded him for Leonard Fournette and Samaje Pirine, or Leonard Fournette and David Njoku. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's just as likely. But that's the point. The more shots that you can take, the more likely you are to get. You know, somebody sure, in that Kamara, but I'm not going to trade. Hunt. I'm not going to trade a top three running back for random ass one o like first round future picks. Then you would have you like, would have been stuck with David Johnson. On and I am 100 percent okay with that because he is still <laughs> a, a an absolute core dynasty asset stud for my team. And yeah, he got hurt. But I'm not. I'm keeping him. He's 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 one of the best players in the NFL. I want him on my dynasty team, just like I want Todd Gurley on my dynasty team. We need we need to move on because this is just <laughs> yeah, we, we go back and forth forever. But y'all, yeah. y'all are crazy. <laughs> Maybe probably. <laughs> James, did you have a an, any other giveaway takeaways? Uh, real quick, I'm just going to throw one giveaway out, and I'm not going to spend Let's too much time careful, on Let's be careful, James. But, uh... <laughs> we don't want it to turn into a 20-minute <laughs> argument. All right, all right, I'll be very careful. Uh, <laughs> top tight ends. I, I, I've always uh, been one of those guys who said, uh, I'm going to get one of those top two or three tight ends, and I really feel like this year I kind of learned my lesson with that. I'm not doing that anymore. I feel like... Right uh, on. Getting one of those, yeah, man. Getting one of those top guys. I mean, yeah, you get a you get a Kelsey, you get a Gronk, and that's great. But I mean, I, there's so much parity at the position, and there's just if if there's no incentive, if I'm not in a tight end premium league, or there's no no incentive for me to have an elite tight end, I'm not going to do it. I'm totally going to wait on the position. And that's one of the one of the things that I'm, I'm just I, I should have seen that coming. I should have known better because a lot of people have been preaching, hey, you know, not to reach on tight end. And I always felt like I had an advantage by grabbing one of those uh, elite guys. And uh, it doesn't seem to, to be enough of a difference, you know, it, when I can grab a, a top receiver there or, you know, an, another decent running back, you know, um, at that position. It, it just doesn't make much sense for me. I don't see myself gaining enough from taking one of those top tight ends. So I'm going to, I'm going to be waiting from here on out unless it's a, a tight end premium league or, or something along those lines. So, uh, that, that was my, uh, yeah, that was my giveaway though. Yeah. I think that's a, that's probably one we can all agree on. Um, I completely agree. I mean, yeah. You, you basically, you stream tight ends in, in most yep. formats, even tight end premium to a certain extent. I will say yeah. though, mm-hmm. we, we mm-hmm. all three just joined a league that's start to mandatory tight end. That's mm-hmm. a that's a whole different animal. I think I, I yeah possi- possibly it's it's a huge advantage if you can get one of those top five guys who is going to get you you know guaranteed volume, but yeah. otherwise you're still living like the rest of us and you're looking for who's going to score a touchdown. Sure, you're just sure. hoping that you can get yeah. two touchdowns a week. 
<laughs> and that and that week though, real quick, it, it's mandatory four wide receivers, mandatory three running backs. So I even in that week, there are different positions where you can kind of gain those points that you might be losing. That's true for not having that. That's so, true. Yeah. So the the, it, the, the start two doesn't create quite the uh, positional scarcity that it normally would because that league also increases the other positional scarcity as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right. that makes sense. But, yeah, anyways, normal, even in tight end premium normal leagues, like 1.5 PPR, I totally agree. It's not it's not worth it. I'll spend my draft capital elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Definitely agree. Let's move on to what we intended to talk about on this show, <laughs> on this episode. Um, real quick, though, just to give kind of a preface. <laughs> we First of all, we're going to switch to uh, two episodes a week. Um, at least through the off season, yeah. And what we want to accomplish in each of the next few weeks is to recap uh, the various positions um, and uh, how they performed and how they finished in 2017. And we're going to start today with the quarterbacks. So we're going to go down the list of the top 12 quarterbacks for 2017 and uh, talk about maybe some projections for next year. Um, and some dynasty outlooks. So let's get to it because this is, for me and Travis especially, this is a really interesting top two. Uh, The debate all season for us has been Russell Wilson and Cam Newton. Well, surprise, surprise, quarterback one overall in 2017, Russell Wilson. Quarterback two overall, Cam Newton. (laughs) Unbelievable. And they did it in the exact opposite way that I projected them to do it, which is Damn straight. I can't even tell you how frustrating <laughs> that is for me. Russell Wilson had what three just horrible games in the entire for the entire season? Something like that. Like three three <clears throat> games where he finished below ten fantasy points. Um, out of fifteen. So I mean twelve you know, quarterback one type of weeks. He had one game under 10 fantasy points. Uh, okay. So he, he, had, had, a, he had a game at 11. He had two games at 11. Okay. 11 and a half. And so, which still not, definitely not good enough. <laughs> but how many of those, <laughs> I'm assuming you have the stats in front of you. How many of those did Cam Newton have? Uh, let me see here. Cam Newton. I don't have those stats, but I have top 12 finishes. Okay. Uh, Cam Newton finished outside of the top 12 eight times. <laughs> okay. But he had six. He had six finishes Insane. inside the top six at yeah. the position on a weekly basis. Right. So I have in my notes here, my note for Cam Newton is, it sure didn't feel like I was starting the QB2 all year. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which uh, is absolutely fair. This has been my criticism of Russell Wilson for, you know, up until this year. But he actually, how many times did he finish outside of the top 12? Uh, let me pull it up. Sorry, I was looking at running backs here. You're still stuck on the running back. Yeah. Um, he finished outside of the top 12 five <laughs> times. Five times. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... But so he had great. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten finishes inside the top six quarterbacks on a weekly basis. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Including a handful quarterback ones. Yep. Yeah, he so. finished QB1 twice, QB2 once, and then he had 5, 4, 6, 6, 4, 6, 5, 1, 1, 2. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, I mean, you're that you're winning your weeks 10 out of 16 times, you know? Right. He did, he finished a full 48 points ahead of Cam Newton which is by far like the biggest stretch. Like Cam Newton had 299. Russell Wilson had 348 mm-hmm. total points. So 
that's that's yeah. three points per game better uh, throughout the season, and it's by far the largest gap. Like Cam Newton to Tom Brady, who we'll talk about in a second, like two to three. He's only he only finished four points higher. So I mean, Russell Wilson was significantly the QB one, like by far. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I, I guess. guess like, sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, what ahead. do you what do you guys think? You know, long term. That's kind of what we're here for, you know. Let's look back and see. Yeah, these guys finished one and two and three, but what do we what do we think in long term on these guys? Are you, I mean, are these just absolute must hold players? Are they, I mean, super flex, you know, untouchable guys? Or what do you what are you thinking as far as what are you going to do with these players? With specifically Wilson and, and Newton. Well, I, I'll go ahead and start. I personally, I'm a little bit more uh, doom and gloom on Wilson than I think uh, I originally thought I would be, and I think I'm just kind of looking forward to that team. And a lot of signs point to potentially a rebuild there in Seattle. Um, you know, word came out that Pete Carroll was contemplating retirement because he didn't know if he wanted to go through a rebuild there. They missed the playoffs. Um, they have a lot of holes, I mean, that need to be filled on that team. I don't know if the chemistry in the locker room is very good, um, but definitely the offensive line needs to be fixed. The running game is a complete disaster, and, you know, I, Jimmy Graham's a free agent, and say what you want about Jimmy Graham, but in the red zone, that's who Russell Wilson went to an awful lot. Um, early reports are they, they are probably not going to re-sign him, so, I mean, there's there's some weapons there and some things that need to be addressed for Russell Wilson, in my opinion, to have that long-term value. But, you know, you can't argue with what he did this year. I mean, he was he was fantastic in a lot of games. I definitely think his value is still high. I just don't have him as my quarterback one. Um, I think I would have him towards the uh, the bottom half of a top five. Um, so I guess my, my value is I, I probably have him in my top five but not as high as maybe some others would after this season. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think I uh, I agree with you on a lot of that. The one thing I'll say about Russell Wilson that I'm encouraged by is the fact that I, I and I've said this before, but I think that the Seahawks are about to allocate a lot of the resources that they had on the defensive side of the ball. I think you're going to sh- see a shift in philosophy, and they're going to start you know, focusing on the offensive side I think they're going to start giving Russell Wilson some weapons, some more reliable weapons, and some uh, you know some more dynamic weapons, so that he doesn't have to keep doing this all by himself. And I really like that part. Um, I it, it's kind of a scary proposition to you know to break up the Legion of Boom, but. You know, if you if if you really believe that Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate and he played like it this year, so I don't know why you wouldn't, then I think that you start putting him in a position to win you football games on a week in and week out basis, and I think that they're about to do that. So I like that. Um, I'm also, you know, the the one thing that I that I liked about Cam Newton over Russell Wilson, I've said it before, is the fact that Cam Newton has had a full season of of sustained productivity, and Russell Wilson just did it. So for me, Russell Wilson jumps ahead of Cam Newton in my rankings. I've got Russell Wilson at number five. He is still on shaky ground, though, because in both of these guys' cases, the problem is that you you have to plan for the fact that there's going to be some down weeks. In a super flex league, you've got to have another quarterback with a high ceiling to make up for the possibility that these guys are going to hit their low floor at uh, on any given week. And with Russell Wilson, the unfortunate part is there's also a, a, a decent chance that it's going to happen to you in the playoffs. So in your fantasy playoffs, so you have to have another guy who's going to make up that difference, which means you have to draft your second quarterback pretty high, and uh, so that's that's where he gets dinged a little bit in my rankings. That's, that's where they both get dinged a little bit. I th- I think that at this point, I've got Wilson at th- QB three. 
I'm obviously been a big fan for a long time. I'm pretty bought in. I think that I, I'm 100% comfortable with him being my QB1 and, and rolling him out there on a weekly basis. Um, just real quick what you were saying about them moving away from the defense. Some of it might not be by choice. Um, right. There's reports that Cam Chancellor and Cliff Averill, both of their both their careers might be over. And that that's from that's what that's from Pete Carroll himself. You know, he said that they're going to have a hard time playing football again. Hmm. So, I mean, on top of that, you know, just the the cap situation, you know, they might have to move on from several pieces um, on, on that defense. So, yep, it, it's just one factor, and, and kind of goes into. Uh, you know Russell Wilson's outlook to the future, and, and if they do, I mean they they haven't in the past, except for you know Dwayne Brown. But if they if they put an offensive line in there, just a couple you know couple picks slash free agent signings on that offensive line, and a you know maybe another receiver, and and he could be Russell Wilson could be like the QB one again, you know. So I, I mean I guess I don't I don't see why we would we would shy away from him as very comfortably you know your QB one on on your superflex team. I mean, the only problem is this is all hypothetical. Like I mean, we all think that, sure. that that's going to happen. They're going to have some cap space, and they're going to spend it on offensive line and pass catching weapons, but it hasn't happened yet. That's right, but even the if they problem. don't, they're in the same situation they were in this year in which he finished QB1. Yeah, where he also had some massive letdown games. Three. And, well, he, those those were the really bad ones. He also had several games where it took until the fourth quarter for him to even get you any, you know, in sniffing distance of double digits. Which is crazy. That doesn't matter. To play, to play forty-five minutes without, <laughs> you know, without throwing a touchdown does, pass and without matter. reaching a hundred yards. I, I mean, it kind of does matter. The fact that you you don't know for sure that he's going to hit those numbers. He didn't he never have, do. Yeah, but know? it doesn't it doesn't matter. He didn't have a single game outside of the top twenty-four. He only had five outside of the top twelve. Hmm. I don't know what else you want from a dude. I mean, he finished as the QB one and he was consistent all year long, Mm -hmm. like five bad games that aren't even all that bad. I mean, he was still out of 15. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the point is he, he's top five for all three of us. So, I mean, we're splitting hairs here, right? Like, yeah, a little bit in super flex. Can we can all agree that he's a strong hold and you're going to roll and you're going to roll with him. Right, so I mean, I don't know that we mm-hmm. really have to discuss it much further. Um, let's move on to the QB three from this year, Tom Brady. Um, he's forty years old. <laughs> right. What are you guys doing with Tom Brady? <laughs> Here's another problem with Tom Brady. So this actually, you uh, a while back you tweeted out a comparison between Tom Brady and Russell Wilson mm-hmm. that changed my mind quite a bit on Russell Wilson. But it also got me looking a little bit closer at Tom Brady. And right. he, he, you know, you can you can say that, you know, Russell Wilson's bad games are random, even the ones that, you know, seem to happen in the fantasy playoffs every single season. Like that, that's still, you can still call that random. Tom Brady's are not random anymore. Every single year, that guy lets you down in the fantasy playoffs. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at this. I think you, Tom Brady, you took away his most trusted and most reliable target in Julian Edelman, and he was the mm-hmm. quarterback three this year. I don't care if he's 40. I don't care if he's 45. Until I see that this guy can't do it anymore, I'm I'm taking him and I'm happy. I understand that uh, that you know he he maybe doesn't have the greatest track record as far as uh you know in in the playoffs in the fantasy playoffs but 
I mean, we just talked about Russell Wilson, and we didn't mention the fact that one of his worst games came in Week 15, where even if you had the top-scoring quarterback and you had a first-round bye, you're, you're, you're the number one quarterback laying an egg in the first playoff game that you would have been in. So, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not looking towards that. I'm just looking at what Tom Brady does each season. Every year, he's consistent. He's one of the top quarterbacks. I'm holding Tom Brady until he... Uh, until he 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 decides to call it a, call it a career, so that's just my take on Brady. Um, like him or not, fantasy wise, it seems like he's always one of the top guys. Yeah, definitely. I guess I just feel like you. He's another one where you have to kind of hedge a little bit for the playoff run because he's going to get you to the playoffs. But then, I mean, at this point, it's pretty much a given that he's going to let you down in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know that I agree with that, John. Really? Yeah, I mean, sure. Okay, so this year, week 13, mm-hmm. you know, Not must playoffs. win game for a lot of people to get in, right? The week before the playoffs, he finished QB 28. That's freaking horrible. First week of the playoffs, he finished QB 23. Yeah. Week 15, he finished QB 19. Like three three really bad games in a row. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he 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 lost some people, some, some leagues this year. And he's done it in the past where he's had some bad games there. But, again, I just go back to, you know, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily predictive. I think, it, I think it's random luck of the draw. Every QB has bad games. The fact that they came in week 13, 14, 15 doesn't mean that they're going to come in week 13, 14, 15. Yeah, I, it, is, it just doesn't, it, it just, it's with. not, it's a trend, but it's not predictive. It's random. Like what are, what those three matchups? What are those is. three teams he played? What are the, what are the conditions he played in? What are the, you know what I mean? Like, it, to yeah, say that he is going to fail in weeks 14 of the NFL season, like, that's just silly nonsense, in my opinion. Honestly, like, to say that just because it's the week number 14 or the week number 15 that he can't perform for fantasy is just, it doesn't make any sense. There's no way you can, can say that that's a predictive factor. It doesn't make sense that he struggles. <laughs> at the end of the season every it, single it year. It doesn't. And it's not other every single that, year. It's like every other year. And it's just, it's random luck of the draw. Like, he's he's played for, what, 18 years now? Like, yeah. he's going to have some years that he has a bad game in Week 15. That's going to happen. And he, and here's the thing, too, guys, is, is you know, you you got to make the playoffs before you even consider whether you're starting or benching Brady and... Tom Brady is going to help you get there. He's not going to disappoint for the most part in those first 13 weeks. So to me, I mean, that, that holds a lot of value. I don't want a quarterback who's going to be good in week 14, 15, and 16 when I'm not going to be playing week 14, 15, and 16. I think Tom Brady is going to be a guy who's going to get me to where I'm playing meaningful games, meaningful playoff games in week 14, 15, and 16. Like Travis said, it's definitely, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at owning Tom Brady if you're a contender. Obviously, with him being, you know, an, an older quarterback, if you're not a contender, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You, you have no business owning Tom Brady. I think you said that perfectly, Travis. I agree, and I definitely think that. Again, you know, I mean, just taking into account, even if you feel like you know, week fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen in the fantasy playoffs is when he lets you down. Well, I I got to make the playoffs first, and if for 13 weeks he's going to be the guy that's going to get me there. Then yeah, I'm I have no problem owning him as my QB one in a super flex. Right, and yeah, so no, that's... part of my other point is he also finished QB 19 in week one and QB 17 in week five. Like those were also bad games. So my whole point is we don't know when they're going to come. They're going to come for every quarterback. You're going to have bad games, and and to say that they're they're absolutely going to come in the playoffs, and therefore you need to have another quarterback and start him over Tom Brady just because it's the playoffs is just silly. Here's what I've got so far. I've only we're spending gone a hell of a lot of time on Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think this is important. 
So 2016, week 13, he was quarterback 15. Uh, week 14, he was quarterback one. We- week 15, he was quarterback 28. Wait, wait, wait. And uh, week 16, he was quarterback 12. 2015, uh, in in the fantasy playoffs, he was quarterback 12, qu- quarterback 14, quarterback 23. 2014, he was quarterback 13, quarterback 6, quarterback 21. That's what I've got so far. Um, and then in 2013, and I can tell you that in the fantasy championship he uh he scored a hundred he threw for 172 yards and one touchdown it was quarterback 14 but that's that's not a lot of points either so i mean we are we're seeing a pattern of this happening every single season in the playoffs for him like so you're telling me john that you would bench tom brady just because it's week 14 no, you wouldn't. That's crazy nonsense. <laughs> what what's my other option? Jared I'm playing Goff. matchups in a one quarterback league. I'm playing matchups. We're talking Superflex obviously, the Superflexible pod. In Superflex I'm not I you can't bench you Tom can't Brady. Bench him. And, and, so and that's what I'm just, saying. We're I mean, splitting you have hairs to blame, again. But you have to figure out a way to make up for the fact that he has an extremely low floor in the But he's also got just as much upside as any other dude on your roster. And if we're talking upside, I mean, I'm I'm always playing as many upside players as I can, especially in the playoffs. You're going up against other really good teams in your league. I'm playing every upside dude that I have on my roster. And Tom Brady is one of those. Tom Brady is absolutely a high upside player. No matter what week it is. No, uh, he, he. What I'm saying is, in the last three years, I mean, I don't have 2017 in front of me. It hasn't been pretty either. But 2016, 2015, 2014, he finished inside the top 12 in the fantasy playoffs twice. Out so of two nine, out of nine. Two out of nine. And then we've got. Three more this year. He had one more. He had QB 11 in week 16 championship week. So mm-hmm. three out of 12. That's, pre- that's pretty bad. Yeah, uh, that's 25%. still starting him. as a QB 1, so yeah. It's... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm still starting him. I Are you not, you, John? I'm I mean, it's Superflex. Are you uh, not starting yeah, Tom Brady definitely, in your, your Superflex championship? Yeah, in Superflex, I'm starting him. But All right, that's so my, let's move on. That's my point. I'm still starting him, <laughs> but I... <laughs> I, I'm recognizing that he's got a low floor, so right. my second quarterback so I guess, better have a high ceiling. So I, so the, I think the more important conversation here that we have not spent enough time on is are you – so I, I think personally, you tell me if you guys disagree and we can move on if you agree, but if you've mm-hmm. got Tom Brady, you just – you're going to ride the wave. You're going you're gonna to ride him until he retires. You're not going to get any sort of value – trading him away he's 40 years old everybody knows that so if you've got him you just keep him and you play him and then you just let him die on your roster do you disagree with that that's all you really can do right i don't love it but you're kind of stuck with him if that's i mean what are you going to get for tom brady in a super flex exactly yeah yeah. he's 40 probably not (laughs) right all right so qb4 alex smith go Man, I have nothing good to say about any of these guys, and they're the top four <laughs> quarterbacks in fantasy. <laughs> Let's just wait till we get to Jimmy Garoppolo. John will have something good to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Number five, Carson Wentz. I've, I've oh, got there we plenty go. good All to right. say about that. All right, well, let's hit Alex, Alex Smith, Smith real quick. If if I can find a way to, to rip into Tom Brady, the best quarterback in the history of the sport, then Alex Smith doesn't stand a chance. In my notes here, I've got this season was extremely encouraging, mm-hmm. but we know who Alex Smith is. Yeah, that, the, to me, that sums it up. Yeah, yeah. We, the regression is coming, and he will be the Matt Ryan of this year. Yeah, he earned himself a starting job somewhere. Yep. I don't think he'll be in Kansas City. He had an outlier season. 
Yeah. But his career has shown what he actually is as far as fantasy producer and an NFL quarterback. Next year, I mean, like he'll be he'll be like Matt Ryan was was it last year? Was it last year? Yeah, last year. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, Matt Ryan's yeah. outlier season this year. Yeah. Matt Ryan's not even in the top 12 discussion. That's exactly what's going to happen for Alex Smith. He's going to go yeah. back to that QB 16 to 20 range like he was for his entire career. And we'll just move on. Yeah, I'm I, real quick. I'm just going to say I think um, I think Alex Smith bought himself one more year in Kansas City. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's the way I feel. I, I think he'll, uh, wow. he'll be in Kansas City for one more year. Um, and I, I don't know that that's a good thing for Kansas City because I, I kind of agree with you, Travis. I think he uh, he regresses back to the mean. But, uh, but yeah, no, I think, uh, I think he'll be in Kansas City hmm. for one more we're gonna year. We're going to get back. We're going to get into Patrick Mahomes here if, we don't, if we're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we all, we all pretty much agree on Alex Smith. Let's move on to... QB five in 2017 Carson Wentz. Uh, we might actually get John to, to say something good about a quarterback here. Yeah. I mean, he, the guy finishes a quarterback five, despite missing what the last two games, three games of the season with a torn ACL. So two, two, I mean, yeah, I think he played 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 13 and a half, yeah. something like that, yeah. So, you know, to, to stay above guys like Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger and Jared Goff, despite the, you know, the, those guys got to play the entire season and they stayed healthy and, and he still finished ahead of them, that, to me, that speaks volumes. And it says that he had enough of a cushion over those guys in – you know, basically 13 games that he, he probably, I, I'm sure he would have finished. I mean, without the numbers in front of me, Travis, you have them, but I'm guessing Carson Wentz would have finished his quarterback too, if he had played those last two games. Um, yeah. So he actually, he played 13, so he did miss mm-hmm. three full games. Um, he actually finished as the QB two in his last game. So I don't, I don't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did, did he get injured towards the end of that game? Yeah. Yeah. And he, did. he threw a touchdown four, pass with 14? a torn ACL. Yeah. 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 Okay. So he yeah. finished QB two that week. Um, but yes, for what you were saying, he would have finished QB three. Uh, he, he did finish QB three in points per game. He's actually tied. Uh, with Russell Wilson for QB2 uh, behind Deshaun Watson in points per game. So uh, QB2 points per game, he had uh, 9 out of 14 weeks in the top 6 at at the QB position, uh, which is pretty freaking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, He had his other 3, or his other 4, Four. He had one at QB8, and then he had QB13, QB17. His worst game was QB24. So he didn't have a single game out of the top 24 quarterbacks, which obviously in Superflex, that's you know kind of what we go off of. Um, so he didn't have a single not startable week, uh, which is pretty crazy. He's 24 years old. I mean, it looks as though he's got he's got all signs pointing to him being, you know, the next big thing at the quarterback position. What do you guys think? You know, I, I will be the first to admit, um, two years ago when Carson Wentz was coming out of college, I, uh, I was not, uh, I, I wasn't high on him. I, I didn't think that, uh, he'd develop into an NFL quarterback and two years later, I, I will fully admit that I am wrong. I really like what I see out of Carson Wentz. Um, just being able to do what he's been able to do with the weapons that he has, um, you know, I think Alshon Jeffrey is, I think we can all agree he's, he's, he's okay, but I, I don't think anyone thinks he's an elite wide receiver one. Nelson Aguilar had a resurgence this year. Um, and you know, you had Zach Ertz who had really been up and down his entire career to take that, that group 
and really turned it into, you know, the work with what he had to have the fantasy season he did. Uh, I think it was phenomenal. So I think you have a good young quarterback in a system that's not going to change. Um, and I think the ceiling is pretty high for Carson Wentz. So I like Carson Wentz moving forward. Um, I'm sure that other people are going to have him a little higher on their list than I am um, because I'm going to have him probably around five, um, probably just uh, just behind uh, Russell Wilson. But uh, but that's just me. I'm, I'm you know that's where I'm at. I still want to see a little bit more from him. Um, I definitely think he took a step forward this year, but. Uh, but I, I still kind of want to see how he handles uh, a, another year, um, if he can take another step forward or if he can consistently be that quarterback that we saw. I'm also a little worried to see how is he going to be health-wise going into next year. I think Carson Wentz is going to be fine. It might take a little more time for him to heal, but he's got complete mastery over this system. The system was tailored for him, and uh, I mean Zach Ertz is there. Nelson Aguilar is there. Sounds like Alshon Jeffrey is still there. So, yeah, I, I have no reason. I have no hesitations with Carson Wentz. And uh, if the owner in your league is willing to sell because of this injury, if they're nervous because of this injury, I would jump on that in a heartbeat. Carson Wentz is a, uh, a top three quarterback in Dynasty for me. Wow. I well, I guess not. Wow, <laughs> I've got to make <laughs> I've got to make QB four, so <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a, I'm pretty bought in. I I I think Wentz is the real deal. Um, so if you've got him, I don't. I think you're just holding him, you know, and you're just you're riding that wave for sure. I don't think there's I don't I definitely don't think there's any reason to try to sell this guy at all. Nope. And I think that's kind of what we're what we're trying to decide here, right? Is this guy is absolutely a core asset to a Superflex team. So let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. Um, we were going to uh, talk top twelve, but we spent a little too much time on Tom Brady, little too much time on Todd Gurley. <laughs> um, but these, uh, the rest of the top twelve and beyond gets really interesting so we are going to come right back to this in our next episode but for now we thank you for listening and we will talk again in just a couple of days we're very excited about that but until then bye I know, I know.